Today I have an Amazon journey with Joe Shaw. He's the owner of Flying Swine Seasonings. This podcast is probably going to make you hungry. We talk a little bit about turkey tips at the end. This guy is a food scientist. He knows everything, what it takes to make a good flavor. And he's an Amazon seller who has made that transition. His sales are on the way up. And I talked to him about his journey today. This is the My Amazon Guy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pope, founder of the agency My Amazon Guy. Tune in each week to learn how to grow your Amazon sales. Joe, you're currently a My Amazon Guy client, uh, recently joined us. We'll talk about that today. Uh, and But before we do that, um, I just, I just want to ask you, how did you first get started selling on Amazon? Um, really, it was kind of by um, uh, just an odd... A uh, series of coincidences. I give it to a higher power. The, the reason why I, I got started um, initially, I was in culinary school. Uh, wanted to go. Uh, it was either that or horticulture, and I, you know, really thought my interest was more in food, given you know the fact that I like to enjoy it every day. And uh, so I uh, uh, went down that road. And as soon as I started in culinary school, I realized there were a couple things that I was understanding a lot more than what I thought I would. And one of them happened to be culinary math. Um, in doing so, it led me to directly, uh, when I decided to make the rub, the rub recipes for flying swine seasonings, I, um, really knew quickly how to, uh, perfect them and not saying that they're perfect, but how to perfect the formulas that I was coming up with as far as the quantities and all the language that the seasoning companies need. And I, it was just something I learned right away and, and it really helped me and it paid off and, in a, a lot of ways, and it still continues to help me today. So you kind of sound um, like, you, you kind of sound like a food scientist to me. It 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 really does because we don't call them recipes in the food industry; we call them formulas. Um, so it comes out kind of that way, and it just so happened that uh, I came up with something. We, I should I should step back just one second and say that how I initially got interested in barbecue seasoning and and things like that was the culinary school that I went to it was community college. Um, so it wasn't some big culinary school and it just so happened that every January they would judge the national barbecue association pork or not pork, but the national barbecue association sauces, rubs, seasonings, marinades, all that stuff. And so You're make, because making the, me hungry here, Joe, <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you the, the worst thing about it was by the end of the day, you didn't want to eat barbecue again for another oh, month. No. <laughs> and it, it was terrible because we, we, we really did. You sat down at tables of six and you would judge these and you would judge six different varieties. Well, we didn't have obviously enough people to judge all 500. So you had to do it repeatedly. And so after a, wow. a long day of doing that and they worked their way up, they were smart about it. They would work their way up from the mild, seasonings to the hot seasonings, so that at the end of the day you could still taste, still taste something yeah you can still taste water <laughs> and uh so um we got into that and i was really disappointed in a lot of the stuff that i tasted and that's what motivated me to come up with my own i was like well you know the one thing i noticed was that everybody had sort of the same flavor profile they just changed up the backup seasonings a little bit the backup flavors and it was something that I really noticed that a lot of their uh, seasonings were not sweet at all. Even though they said they were sweet, they were nothing compared to what I would consider sweet. And most of them had salt, a lot of salt in them. And that's what made them cheaper to produce. And so they could get them out there. And I later found out the reason why they don't do that is because sugar is expensive. And uh, 
so it sort of just led me down that road and one thing led to another and and uh the next year i didn't enter our stuff even though i'd been making it uh but i had one of the great uh barbecue gurus who ran this contest at his uh warehouse uh mike mills and if anybody knows anything about the barbecue industry mike mills is known as the legend he's he was the first person to ever win memphis in may three times uh and he's just you know uh, established himself he's on good morning america he's on all those shows whenever they want to talk barbecue they usually invite mike mills or or his daughter amy who's a judge on there as well uh on the food network and things like that so it it was a really great stepping stone and then i ended up making it and then i ended up um uh long story a little bit shortened i ended up um speaking to a friend of mine i went to high school with he worked for microsoft and intel and all these other companies and so he knew that technical side of Amazon that I had no idea about. I just knew I wanted to get into it because I knew uh, if I was going to make any money, it was going to have to be selling it to people I didn't know. So, so and, before before you get on Amazon, how did you come up with your brand, Flying Swine Seasonings? My wife and I were sitting in the uh, living room one night, <clears throat> excuse me, and we were watching, and I'd already developed the rub, but I didn't have a name for it. And we were watching Diners, Drivers, and Dives. And we just so happened, we knew we wanted to have a pig in there somewhere because I had a, uh, I don't think you can probably see it on camera, but I have a pig tattoo on my forearm. Well, for, for those that are looking on YouTube here, do, do a nice yeah. good close up. We'll look in at it. All right. All right. So you got, you got and, and so I don't have any tattoos. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> look at that, that swine there. And it was more along the lines of a uh, culinary pig because I was in culinary school. So I wanted to show the cuts and the, you know, different uh, things like that. And underneath it, in French, it says uh, on the banner, it says fumé, haché, manger, which just means smoke, chop, eat. And uh, what, what, so what language uh, that's in French, French. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, French culinary school, it's all tied into it. And it, you know, makes sense to people who get mise en place tattoos, I guess. But uh so so what I'm getting so far is you are really into this thing, right? Like you are really deep. You're so deep. You've tattooed your arm. You've got a brand on Amazon. You've met Mike Mills. Like you are, you are a cult follower of swine seasoning. So I'm, I'm bought in. I, I, I can tell now why you have the energy to go seek the taste. So well, and, and, and to come full circle with that, um, I, had partners they helped me get started i ended up buying them out uh they were a great blessing to me when we started because i had no idea what i was doing still don't really that's why i hired you guys and uh so uh three years after we started the brand uh we didn't join the contest uh we joined the contest the first year we came in 13th out of 80 some people and then the that's next a year we'll start Right, right. Yeah, I was I was ecstatic. And the, but the problem I had was, you know, there were some people who didn't really follow the rules, but we were, you know, one of those things that yeah. kind of aggravates you. So I wanted to like just work on, on Amazon, our, right? Like, everyone right. Was supposed to follow well, the they rules didn't. Well, they didn't even do that. They just sold it out of their uh, catering business. So they didn't actually sell it, which was part of the deal. You had to actually right. commercially produce it. And, and so that frustrated me. So the next year I didn't enter. I, I just wanted to focus on the business. and I wanted to focus on getting our our uh, product really, really well made and packaged and everything like that. And so then that third year we entered and we won first place in Dude, the congratulations. That's awesome. So, so it was, it was really neat. It came full circle and, and uh, I unfortunately wasn't there to 
um, accept the award down in Fort Worth, Texas. But the next year, we got called back again. And what was and, what was the name of that event again? Uh, National Barbecue Association National Conference. And so, uh, not la- not this year because obviously everything got canceled. Uh, but the but last year uh, we did make it to the one in Kansas City, uh, and we you know we were just told we needed to show up because we had multiple products winning top awards and so we were we were pretty ecstatic and we got there and we won fourth place with our sweet and spicy and we won sixth place with our apple bourbon and so to beat out all those people and those were in two different categories so we beat out all those people in one category and then came back and and beat them in another and so it was it was really good for us and and it was fantastic i ended up making it a weekend and everything else so um so my favorite flavor, uh, so Joe has sent me some of his seasonings, guys. And my favorite flavor is the, is the apple bourbon. Uh, that is like the perfect taste for my palate. What, what flavor is your favorite? Um, I would say my favorite, uh, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like judging your kids. I, um, I totally understand. I, I There's always say, a favorite, though. There's always a favorite. Right. <laughs> I would say my favorite is... Um, it's it's a close tie between the sweet and smoky and the apple bourbon. Uh, sweet and spicy is is great because I made it again. You know, obviously, if you're going to make something, you make something you can eat and something that caters to you. Right. And I made that with where it just gave a tickle to the back of your throat. So I like that one. But it's a knock. It's kind of a spicier version of the original. So those two I consider, <clears throat> excuse me, one and the same. Um, but the yeah, it's a close contest between the apple bourbon and the sweet smoke. And again, it depends on the meat. It depends on the food that you're putting it on, or, or anything like that. And so, uh, apple bourbon and ribs go together like peas and carrots. And so, it's it, it's just one of those good combinations. Uh, and then the sweet and smoky goes great with whatever else you want to put it on too. Well, we've already lost half our <clears throat> audience. They've gone to lunch to go find some meat savory things, and they've already bought your flying swine seasons on seasoning on uh, Amazon already. So let's talk. Let's talk Amazon now. So. Uh, so Joe, you, you've been with my Amazon guy a couple of months now. What, what's been your experience? Um, I'll tell you, you know, like anything else, when you go into a, what I consider a partnership, um, you know, because you guys are basically my team and I, I'm going into it. I didn't know what to expect because I'd never worked with a team before. And so it was really different for me because I was a guy who was stressing over everything, like everything that had to be done. I stressed over uh, with Amazon because I don't I don't understand Amazon to a, a degree deep enough where I can say I know how to sell on Amazon. <clears throat> I'm, I always try to be very truthful, and I don't want to be you know uh, you know it's a shameful thing when you you're doing something and you don't actually know what you're doing. Um, so we I think established ourselves pretty good enough to where uh, not that that's a real sentence, but I think we established ourselves well enough to where. I could say our our product itself carried us for the first five years, and by, and by that I mean that it was it was a it's a great product, and so people really liked it, and so it took us to that level where we really waited too long to get a hold of you guys. But I didn't know you guys honestly. I didn't know you guys existed because there's so much. There's so many other people out there that are trying to bombard you, and they make promises, and they say they can do this, and they say they can do that. And you get to read the reviews and you find out that it was all either made up or they were just somebody who sold very little on Amazon or or anything like that. Whereas with you, the difference was I noticed that um, 
when you guys approached it, one, you, you called me personally after I filled out the form. That, would, to me, was um, miles ahead of what anybody else would do. Everybody else was just like, oh, well, we'll, we'll just chat with you. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll type back and forth. And you don't ever get the inflection in their voice or they don't get the inflection in mine. So they don't know how much I'm passionate about something and I don't know how much they're passionate about something. Well, when I spoke with you, it, it, was, it was different. It was, honestly, you, you went and you checked us out. You looked up things. You wanted to find out exactly who we were, what we were, and, and how we were doing things. And then when I spoke with you, it was it was impassioned, and it was so. As much as you are a food scientist and probably the biggest nerd I've ever met when it comes to seasoning, I'm that equivalent when it comes to selling on Amazon. Oh, I would say I would say you 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 put that to uh, a much like like there's there's people who have a bachelor's in what they do and then there's people who have a master's and then there's people who teach the people with the masters and and so far as i can tell i'm not trying to blow smoke but so far as i can tell it's it's you behind what your your people do um because that's been something that's really been key for me is i've spoken with you know obviously the people who work for you but they also work for me and I feel that, and I know that. So I know that I can sit there and I can have a conversation with them and I don't have to go through you in order to have that conversation. That's really key because one, it's good delegation on your part. You don't have to sit there and babysit everybody. Difficult, difficult. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's good because I don't have to constantly be talking to the guy that's behind it all. I can go and talk to those people and now they will you know, confer with you and, and, and things like that. And that's great. Um, but it doesn't have to happen all the time. And that's good because one, that means you're hiring competent people to handle uh, customers like me who can sometimes be difficult because we're trying to get a point across that they may not fully understand because they're not in the industry. And then, um, you know, I also have to understand what they're doing. And so far I've not had any problem. I, I tell them that I'm, I don't want to get into the weeds because I've got enough stuff on my plate and they, you know, it's almost like your custom ordering uh, service, and I really felt like I've got more than I than I thought I was going to get. That's that's always a good value proposition to have. Uh, it's it's music to my ears as an agency owner of my Amazon guy. But uh, um, so so, how did you find out about my Amazon guy? Honestly, I was looking. I was on Fiverr a lot, and I was looking for someone who could basically just handle the ads. You know, that was the part that was really stressing me uh, was the ads, the optimization, SEO, all those, you know, little abbreviations that I barely understand. And I was looking for somebody to take that off of me and and handle it. And what I kept finding was either there was a language barrier, which is not a knock. There's genius people out there who have a language uh, barrier between us. Um, and then there's... Um, People who just you can tell they're into it just to make the money and they're and they're trying to sell something. But, you know, you I'm a little leery of that all the time. And then there's people who actually go online. They get a YouTube channel. They start making videos explaining it to dummies like me who can better grasp what's going on just by listening for a little while. And to me, that's that was that was kind of the, the turning point for me, because I, I would literally just go online and search. And, you know, like uh, Amazon campaign managers or, Am or, you know, Amazon account managers, because I wasn't willing to turn my business over, which is essentially what I'm doing. I wasn't willing to turn that over to anybody, to just anybody. And 
So it was really nice to have someone come in and say, here's what we're going to do. And then when, and then when the phone call happened, that was what really sold me. And my wife was in the vehicle with me because we were running to the grocery store when he called and she was sitting next to me and I had you on speakerphone and she, at the end of the conversation, she was like, that's what you need. She was, that's really what you need because she knew how stressed I was getting over this and, yeah. and, and how much it wasn't pleasant for me. And it wasn't, that wasn't the fun side of, of doing this that I like. So, so let's talk about the non-fun side. So like run me through some of the challenges that you've been through as a business owner that maybe somebody else could learn from. And, and, and you talked about one of them, which is get help, but what else? Mm -hmm. Um, one of the issues I had was uh, making things look good to a consumer beyond my product. And, and that's just not something I know um, or I, it's not even something I want to know, to be honest with you. It's not something I want to know because because I would rather focus on making great new recipes and formulas that people really like and, and making videos, which I'm not even that good at, but but do videos where I show people how to use our products that's the side where I was happy with and I was content and I really enjoyed. And so this side where I was trying to um, make our page look good or make our product look good, you, you first right off the bat before I ever even, you know, paid you a penny, you told me, you said, well, here's a couple of things I see that you have to change immediately. And this was without any kind of deal between us or anything. And, and, you know, you gave that free service, without the promise that I was going to pay you for it. And that to me spoke volumes because you told me I needed to change my images because they were too small. Um, they needed to be modified in order to uh, fill up as much of the screen as possible. Um, you told me that some of my information uh, needed to be updated, needed to be restructured a little bit. Um, and then um, there were several, oh, I needed more pictures of people actually using my product or enjoying my product. So long as they fit within Amazon's guidelines, those were three things that honestly I thought I did. I thought I had it. And I thought, well, okay, this is good enough. And then you came along and, and said, it's not good enough. You, here's what you need in order to increase your sales. And, and I think those are some great points. So I'm, I'm going to give some technical um, how to, for those that may want to follow us a little bit here. So, so the main image the, the old history used to be had a thousand pixel image and today it's now 1600. I recommend doing at least 2000 pixels by 2000 pixels. The benefit of doing this is that your item will, will avoid being suppressed by Amazon. And if you don't have a big enough main image, you can't find it on search. And so that's, that's the chain reaction. And they started suppressing listings without telling people about this change, which is the typical Amazon MO, like, hey, you got to make all these changes, but we're not going to tell you. We're just going to assume you can find our untransparent guidelines and good luck. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, so, so there's always a series of that and you have to keep on your toes, which is, you know, obviously the benefit of hiring an agency because we got 160 accounts, we see everything and we can kind of macro view it. Um, so another thing that you brought up though uh, on, on the images is like, okay, so you need to show and tell the product and you need to have um, ideally your target demographic show up in the images, right? So, so Joe, you left a comment on my video last night when I mentioned uh, my, my, my funny metaphor about, uh, you know, if you need a target demographic metaphor, here's the one for you, right? Like if you're going to try and sell something, you got to know your target demographic. So uh, if you are trying to sell Russian mail order brides, you should target truck drivers who are three times divorced, right? And then, yeah. and then that prompted you to say, hey, I want to come on the podcast. Why, why, why was that, by the way? <laughs> well, 
yeah, that part kind of caught me and I was like, well, okay. I was like, that's not typical, but yes, I have met guys that have been divorced three times and are looking for foreign brides. Usually it's the Philippines though. They don't typically do the rush. So you've got to convert them over to the Russian side because that's, you know, that's where the money's at. And so, yeah, I drive a, I drive a truck. That's my profession. That's what I've done for uh, about six, seven years now. Um, this is fortunately I'm, I'm, really close that this is, uh, taking me out of that job, which is really good. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought that was humorous. It's like, Hey, I drive a truck, but I've only been divorced once. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not knock everybody who drives a truck. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, the metaphor is, is said with love in fact, because right. like you gotta, you gotta know. So a lot of times when marketers talk about demographics, they're like, yeah, I need to target a female between age 26 and 32. And that's cool and that's interesting, but that's not really target demographic marketing. Target demographic marketing is knowing the specific type of female in that age group and what they do and what they look like, what, what they eat for breakfast and where they went to school. Like those are, that's the kind of marketing. And so when you look at the flying swine uh, marketing, who is your target demographic in your opinion? You know, when I first started, I'd get, that, I'd get asked that question when I would do advertising on Facebook or I'd do, you know, whatever. You know, they always want to ask those questions and they're smart to do that um, because they're basically advertising companies. And so it was, it was a really, I always answered it in such a silly broad way now that I look back on it. I was like, well, everybody loves barbecue. Yeah. Well, but you're not out looking for Anybody people who love stomach, barbecue. Right? <laughs> right. You're looking for people who buy barbecue seasoning. You're not looking for people who consume it because oh, that's a great they, point. That is a really great point because, because, you know, everybody can eat something from the age, you know, beyond the time you're eating baby food until, you know, you have to put your choppers in every night uh, or every day, you know, that, that is okay. But my actual target demographic became very specified um, and you guys have nailed it because it was, it was typically guys that were um, starting to cook for themselves, wanting to do it in a, because even then you're still eating ramen noodles, but you look for those uh, for males that are typically um, of a certain age to where they've actually started wanting to learn how to cook better. And then you go all the way up to uh, your mid to late sixties uh, uh, gentlemen who want to, uh, you know, they're, they're the, they're the grill master. They're the ones that are always cooking because they've got so many years of experience. But also what surprised me was it was the females in those same age categories yes. because they want to purchase that for their husband, boyfriend, dad, grandpa, any of those people. And then it goes on up to the same age group because it was really finding out who the consumers were. And, and it's not wrong when, if you go and look at my reviews, which we've, our reviews have gone fantastic since we, uh, since Amazon changed something, basically they stopped me from sending anybody any messages asking them to review. And now our reviews suddenly are blowing up more than ever. Um, I'll leave that for you to figure out. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I think it's because you have a good product. Let's be honest. Well, I, yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, anyway, so we, uh, but no, it was really, it was really learning that demographic. It wasn't what I thought it was where it was just anybody. It was literally, I, I got specific and I started focusing on people who would typically look for, to get a little bit into the weeds on this, to look for women who were typically married or dateable. They weren't, um, you know, 
they weren't too erratic in any way, shape or form. They would, you know, look up things like how to cook for your family, how to uh, prep meals, how to do this, how to do that. And it was those things that you would typically see with a married female. And then you would also look for the things because single guys typically, you know, they want to impress a girl. So you got to look yeah. for them too. And so, so it was, it was really getting specific and it surprised me. It really did because, you know, you see a barbecue joint in the South on every corner and they're like Starbucks down there. And so, you know, it really took me a little while. Really are. I, live, I live in Georgia. So I, you're right. Oh, oh yes. Yes. And so, you know, it just, it just took me getting to know my, my demographic well enough to where I felt like I could do um, a more educated guess. And, uh, and that changed. And you guys, have, you guys have really kind of taken that and amplified it. Uh, times a hundred, and now I'm not wasting those dollars and cents on people who really have no interest whatsoever. And that's where that's where the optimization, and that's where the keyword, uh, which I still to this day do not understand at all about putting in keywords and putting in search terms and all that other stuff. Don't I, no, and I don't care. I honestly don't because that's that's what I pay you for. You, you've got the PH, <laughs> you got the PhD in flying swine, so you know what I mean. It's it. And it's interesting, this is a good conversation because as I talk to business owners all the time and I'm constantly trying to convince business owners, go spend time at what you're good at. Don't spend time learning new things, right? Like uh, there's, there's a silly story. One of my other clients sent me uh, about a bunny. He goes to school and the teacher says, hey, you're already really good at jumping and, and, and being really fast. Why don't you go spend time learning how to swim? And it takes time. To, to take classes, to go learning how to swim. Well, he ends up re being really bad at swimming and he drops out of school. So uh, the long story short is if the bunny had just kept going um, faster and faster and learning how to be uh, a better bunny, he would have been the fastest bunny in the world or whatever, right? And so same, same thing applies here. Because you have spent all of your uh, emotions and all of your mental energy behind crafting the best seasoning and you've got the, the food science down to a formula and you've gone out and talked to people, that's the best place to spend your time. And if you are spending time learning the technical PPC and the advertising, that takes you away from coming up with your next three flavors, mm -hmm. right? And so, so I think that's, I think that's really a, um, probably a resonating theme of our podcast today because you've embraced um, getting help for those areas. All right. So I'll, I'll get off that diatribe now. Well, um, I just want to make, I just want to make sure. one point real quick sure. that goes along with that. And it's something I was thinking about this morning. If, if, if people really want to get into anything, and this is not just going with you guys, this is, this is literally just for anybody who wants to get into something and they want to eventually get to the point where they can hire somebody that ha that, that can sell what they're coming up with. Well, I don't care what it is. There, there's just a little piece of advice. Start with what you're confident in and then build your way up to what you're competent in. Because those are two different things. Great point. But confidence builds competence. And so you can actually become really good at something so long as you have the confidence to know that you're good at it. And, and once you start on that road, it becomes much more enjoyable for you. It becomes much less stressful. And that's why I was, I said I should have hired you a year ago because I didn't know how much I was worried over things until I hired you and I didn't have to anymore. Best sleeping pill you've ever bought. 
Love it. Yeah. <laughs> all absolutely. Right, all, right. all right. So so let's let's try and shed some knowledge here uh, for for our listeners. So, um, what was what was one of the hardest things you had to run into and solve somehow? as a business owner, could be, could be related to Amazon, could be related to just starting a business either way. I would say, I would say the fact that I'm not a salesman, um, that's been my Achilles. Um, it's not that I'm, I'm not confident in our products. It's just that I'm not a, I, I would rather have a rapport with someone and, and become somewhat of professional friends with someone or even personal friends with someone. I mean, I'll talk about anything, you know, if they want to talk about. And I'm very, very, easy with that i'm very relaxed with that and, but you're i the, can't you're the guy that i want to invite over for thanksgiving dinner because you're going to bring everything and talk oh about yeah it. absolutely and, and at the very end you know you've used all your seasonings and you still haven't even asked hey you want you want, you want to buy some yeah <laughs> like, you want and, to- and that's and that's literally that that is literally the way i am my neighbors uh we we just moved to southern indiana last year and we've got two neighbors over here that uh we absolutely have become really good friends with and like I, I always tell them, you know, cause I'm, I'm, we're always coming up with something because in my house, I mean, having a culinary degree, I, I feel like I'm wasting it if I'm not baking something around the holidays <laughs> and I love to do it. And so my neighbors are really, uh, they're happy, but they're not happy with me because I'm turning their, um, you're, you're, know, ru- I'm, you're I'm, ruining I'm de- their best uh, feast that they've made. And well, no, I'm, I'm, def- yeah. I'm defeating all of their weight loss goals oh okay um, <laughs> so you're from a different angle well so, I, always, yeah. I always joke about how my wife has ruined steak for me and and it really makes her like she, she doesn't like when i say that out loud but it's mm-hmm. but it's funny because when i say that it's because i can't buy a steak at a restaurant anymore right yeah. like because my wife has learned how to cook the perfect steak that i love right like i will i like you know my particular favorite cut uh you know i, I like a good juicy ribeye um, or a filet mignon and like whatever, uh, in medium rare, right? Like, and, and, and I like it oven cooked and, you know, I'll put it on the grill as a secondary measure. So that's my favorite. Anyway, so she just mastered this thing. She puts olive oil on it. Really, really fun. Um, yeah. and, and now since I've, met you, <laughs> and since I've met you, we now put some of the flux white seasons on it. Um, and it's just fantastic. So, uh, so what are you making for Thanksgiving this, this, uh, coming week? Uh, Thanksgiving, we've got relatives coming. My father-in-law's already here, um, and so we're all. Everybody's just kind of meeting in the middle. He lives in Florida. My other in-laws live in Michigan, and so we're all just kind of meeting in the middle in Southern Indiana. And uh, I've got two turkeys thawing out, and I'm gonna uh, brine them. I've already got one that I smoked last weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we're gonna do a video on one of them uh, to sh- sort of show people how we do it. Uh, so, so take take a minute or two here. What what do people need to do with their turkeys this year to up their game? Uh, stop wet brining your turkeys. <laughs> okay. You you will save yourself t- in two categories. One, you no longer have to take and soak your turkey two days before you ever start cooking it. And two, you'll get crispy crust. And that's, that to me is the whole difference. You don't have to fry your turkey to get a crispy turkey. Now, fried turkey is delicious. I don't knock anybody's taste of their turkey. But this is something that I learned. A dry brine works exponentially better at getting the end result instead of rubbery skin that is hard to cut through, doesn't really stick to the turkey. Um, you can dry brine and you can use our rubs. You don't have to. Now, I, I do something a little different with ours. I always tell people, oh, ours is great right out of the bottle, right out of the bag, whatever way you use it. But there are some things that I know our limitations are. Uh, and one of them is 
I put a very light coating of our rub on there before we smoke it. But the main thing I do is I inject all of our turkeys. I inject them every spot that's got a, a piece of meat, whether it's in the wings, whether it's in the thighs, the legs, uh, obviously the breast, things like that. So I make our own injection using our rub. Now that's where it really comes in handy. And then on the outside, I mix our rub with, uh, yeah, I, very, I go very light-handed because of the uh, sugar content in our rub. I don't want it turning black. So I'll mix some of our rub, a couple of teaspoons or tablespoons, with uh, about two or three sticks of butter. I'll use that um, as the injection, and then I'll put that, whatever's left over, I'll put that on the outside, and it creates a golden brown crust. It looks really good. It wows the people. Uh, you've melted the sugar, so most of the sugar is already inside the turkey, along with the other flavors. And then I strain it before I uh, before I do all that, and so I get you know some of the parsley or whatever, which depending on what flavor you're using, I get some of the uh, dry leaf out of it uh, that'll clog up a uh, most uh, injectors. But beyond that, that's really all I do, and it comes out really good. It smokes up really nice. I've got a big old Daniel Boone or not Daniel Boone, Jim Bowie. Uh, green mountain grill out there it's it's automatic i mean it's like the lazy man's way of, of cooking <laughs> uh, where i've got a wi-fi connection free. yeah i've got wi-fi connection i can set the temperature i can adjust <laughs> it on awesome. the fly i can do everything it's just dump the pellets and run uh, so it works out really really well and, and that's what we're doing and, and i'm making homemade rolls as well so I'm going to have to hide this podcast from my wife because after she listens to it, she's going to be making some additional purchases. Well, you never, you, well, you never know when I'll end up sending you guys a, a uh, frozen uh, smoked turkey. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep uh, our, our gratefulness in mind whenever, we, whenever we're making stuff. Well, all right. So you, you mentioned the roles there. Uh, I, 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 I want to do one more thing here on, the, on Thanksgiving, then we'll move on. Um, so what, what's a side dish? that maybe people don't normally think of that you would recommend? Um, probably one of my absolute favorites is corn casserole. It's something I've had for years and, and, and uh, I'm not sure if my wife knew about it beforehand, but she certainly knows about it now. And so every year we try to make corn casserole. It's, it's like cornbread times 10 uh, and it's hot and it's, it's like you could eat it by itself. And, and so I typically do. <laughs> well, well, people came in for the Amazon tips, but they're leaving with the Thanksgiving tips, which is awesome. Um, so clearly, Joe, you are extremely passion, uh, passionate about what you do. And it's, you know, just the just like you mentioned, the inflection in your voice is just clearly obvious. So um, I'm going to give you the, the floor with the last question here. Just any advice you would you would tell Amazon sellers, business owners, anything at all you want to end with that you think would be good for them to, to take away today? I think I wrote it in the comments under video yesterday, and, and and my main my main piece of advice is is what I said earlier, which was go with what you're confident in. Start down that road. Go with your confidence. If you're a good swimmer, you know you can't you know you can spend your life watching a fish swim swim a stream, or you can try to teach a fish to climb a tree. Which one do you think is going to get done faster? And I think I was I don't know that's some quote I picked up somewhere that somebody that, said. that was my bunny story, except simpler right. and easier. Right, and so. And so I, I always say, go with what you enjoy the most and try to make a living at it. I tell my daughters that all the time. Find what you're passionate about and, and try to make a living at it. And if you can do that, I that think we, then you'll never work a day. And if you don't do that, then that's a great hobby to have. But don't count on it for money. 
Well, thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate all of the wisdom as well as the opportunity to talk with you today, Joe. I've, I've been just really ecstatic talking with you on this podcast. Very, very fun. Well, I appreciate it definitely. And, and like I said, uh, one last little piece of advice is just to, uh, if you're going to go on this Amazon journey, um, go until the point where you're, you feel the stress that you don't enjoy and then seek out somebody who can be on, be a team or be on your team that has that skill that you don't possess. And I think that's, that's where I've really fallen into um, a good situation here. Uh, I would consider a great situation. We're already, we've already doubled our sales from last year. Uh, I know you stay on top of that as well. We've doubled what we did last year. We're looking to almost triple it this year. Um, things are going through the roof and uh, a lot of that credit goes to you guys because you told me when we first spoke, you told me an outrageous number and I just was like, whatever. <laughs> I was like, That's no way into our, we're a halfway through November, which our sales typically, typically stay going until right up to the day before Christmas. And I mean, they really do climb that fast and that long. Keep that stock in there. It's going <clears> to fly this year. I'm telling you. Right. And so, so that's where I feel like, um, you know, we've had that really good advantage with you guys is that I didn't have to worry about that stuff. And now I'm looking at, we're going to introduce hopefully three new flavors next year. We're going to change up our packaging a little bit. Um, we're working, I'm free to work with the things that I enjoy working with, which is, you know, being creative on that creative side. And I leave the details to you guys. And, and for that, I'm, I'm very thankful. And, and that's, def, that's definitely going to be mentioned this year at the Thanksgiving table. Well, thank, thank you very much, Joe, for the compliments. I really appreciate it. I think I, I think you're not giving your your product uh, enough qual uh, enough credit. It's easy for me to do my job when the product is good, right? So well, that's that's where I I underpromise and overdeliver. I, I think I think that's a good summary. All right, so that's uh, that's the My Amazon Guy podcast. Don't forget to share this with anybody looking for turkey tips this week. Send them the send them the clip from Joe. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. All right, guys, thanks so much. This was the My Amazon Guy podcast with Stephen Pope. Each episode helps you grow your sales on Amazon through ideas on traffic and conversion rate improvements. Hit that subscribe button right now to tune in each week. And if you need more help, go to myamazonguy.com.